0: And we are back. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. Solid, conservative, and just plain right. Covering down on some ground across the great state of Alabama. I'll talk about this show goes way down south of Birmingham, up north of Huntsville, Tuscaloosa, back over to Gadsden, parts of Georgia, Tennessee, and Mississippi. Thrown in just for good measure. Hey, by the way, text lines, uh, folks are rendering their opinions. If you want to text in 833-687-4448, John from Brownsboro, he just texted in and says, uh, I'm sick of hearing about draining the swamp. Uh, He went on to say that, and he's got a pretty negative view, (laughs) but, but the bottom line, he said, the problem with the Everglades is not the swamp. It's the invasive species that are screwing up the ecosystem. He said, get the invasive establishment lifers out that are only there to hoard power and money and screw up the reasonable functions of governance. Uh, I get it. I, I don't. I don't deny that. To, to some degree, I will say this. I don't think they're the invasive ones. I think they're just the old crocs that are still hiding in the weeds, and uh, and we need to occasionally, you know, call the call them out. Um, Tony from Piedmont just said uh, to John of the Triple Dipper. He said, he said so I can't tell what he's saying. All things good. Anyway, and he says basically love from Tony. <laughs> so now we have our texters sending messages to each other for me to read out on the air. Does somebody want to propose? to somebody send it to me? I'll propose for you on the air. Uh, that's, that's, that's funny. Uh, John from Huntsville texting again, though, it says Republicans play chess while Democrats play checkers. I've seen that happen. I've even used that phrase myself. Um All right, let's jump over into it. By the way, here's the update. So what we have right now is the House is voting to adjourn, and members are walking out, so I'm assuming they have the votes to adjourn. Uh, But uh, that that indicates to me that they've gotten as far as they're going to get today. Now, whether they will actually convene to – I don't know when they're adjourning to. They have to adjourn to a date certain date and time, uh, but I'm not sure what the date and time has been designated as. Are they coming back in tomorrow? Are they coming back in at ten o'clock tonight? Because there was one suggestion they might be doing that. Um, there also may be, you know, Monday. Um, so, uh, Representative uh, is it Scott Perry? What's uh, anyway the House Freedom Caucus Chairman, uh, Representative Perry? He was on with Martha McCallum a minute ago during the break, and he made some great comments. So, there's 15 members of the Freedom Caucus that have now flipped their vote from McCarthy. Representative Perry. Chairman of the Freedom caucus who has been leading the charge right now or lately uh, to uh, to to hold out for these concessions they've been wanting he said well he said I got to be honest he said when you're asking for something and they give it to you you got to go okay time to give them my vote and and so in a sense what he's saying there is Kevin McCarthy's done everything we've asked for how could we not vote for him now um, and that's that's integrity that's honor and so um, if they indeed got the concessions they were looking for, then, fellas, conservatives, it's going to be a new day. Because what we're looking at right now is the potential to literally change the way things are done in D.C. Official rules changes. And by the way, I know that I've got some folks out there who are, who are jaded and somewhat cynical on the process who believe that tomorrow McCarthy could renege on every bit of it. He won't get away with that if he does. And he also, by the way, can't just do it uh, ad hoc. He can't just go in there and with the stroke of a pen or uh, closing his eyes, just let things happen that he said couldn't happen. Because as Speaker of the House, it would derail the system. He knows now he's got a block vote of people that if he needs them for legislation, he won't get them if he reneges on what he said he would do. Plus, once you change the rules, you can't just change them back unofficially. You have to literally change them in such a way that they are officially changed back or changed away from where you had them. So all of that to say, I, I, I trust that Kevin McCarthy will be a man of his word. Me talking. Uh, I do. Story here on Fox News, the kind of things they've been looking for. Story that came out this morning. Um, it says GOP deal emerges late Thursday. That was last night. That could give McCarthy a path to the speakership. He's only four away. One of my listeners, who was that? Uh, texted in a minute ago. I think it was. Well, shoot. Um, now I don't recall who it was. One of my listeners, and I apologize, was it Richard from Madison? Yeah, Richard from Madison texted in. He said, with two people being out, McCarthy only needs two, not four votes. My point back to him was, I think that depends procedurally on whether those two individuals are still considered to be, quote, on the roll. Uh, I don't know for a fact how they do it in D.C. In Montgomery, there were times when if you already were on the roll, then you had to have yourself taken off the roll uh, when you left the room. So I don't know for a fact, uh, Richard, you got a great point, but it depends on their procedural status and how th- what their version of parliamentary procedure is. But the, the story here on Fox News is, is basically saying the House Freedom Caucus that has been resisting McCarthy has been asking for certain things that appear to all be coming together. It includes, by the way, having stronger uh, House Freedom Caucus representation on key House committees. That's important. Why? Because you want to know the most conservative voices have a seat at the table when they're talking about massive spending bills or when they're talking about, um, you know, more aid to Ukraine or when they're talking about the southern border. You want to know that the most conservative members of the body have as much of a say in the committee process, not just in a single vote on the floor. Because the committee process is where you can drop in amendments. That's where you can... um, you can call for hearings. That's when you can call in witnesses. That's when you can issue subpoenas. So all that to say, that's a big deal, y'all. If they have guaranteed themselves seats at those tables, then conservatives, that's already good. Uh, It also includes the plan, apparently includes guardrails uh, for curbing excessive federal spending. One of those would be, here's the thing. What Nancy Pelosi began doing, and Chuck Schumer, began doing is getting away from the actual true legislative committee process. Like if you've got the House Armed Services Committee, they're supposed to provide the defense uh, budget portion after having just gone through the committee and worked it all out. Uh, Other committees, ag and whatever else, they all provide their versions or portions of the budget process. Truly vetted in committee, each one separate and distinct to itself. No, no. Not with Democrats. They've been doing these omnibus $1.7 trillion spending packages that lump everything together and throw it out there, 4,155 pages. Drop it on you at 1.30 in the morning. new. So one of the guardrails that I believe the House Freedom Caucus has asked for and probably achieved is that they will return back to the regular order of business and allow for separate uh, budget bills to be passed through uh, various committees and allow them to be vetted and amended as possible through the committee process. That's a huge deal. Uh, That's where you get rid of pork and and wasteful spending. That's where you find out things because it's easier to find it in a smaller version of a bill. Uh, Something else they've been asking for. They want the ability to remove the Speaker of the House if the Speaker of the House is considered to be doing a poor job. Nancy Pelosi had the rules changed in her favor. Can you imagine? I mean, if a Republican had done that, well, Pelosi had it changed to where you basically had to have a member of leadership, and I want to say you had to have like a, uh, a majority of the body uh, to be able to sponsor. A, I've forgotten how the rules were. The end result is this. The Freedom Caucus wants to know that if one member of the House believes the Speaker should be called upon to vacate the chair, that's the official term, that they should be allowed to make that motion. And that motion may get voted down. But they are still allowed to make that motion. Well, right now the concession has been whittled down to five, five co-sponsors. But it's apparent now that what we may be looking at is McCarthy may have agreed. We'll just do one. I mean, he knows at that point they still have to have all the votes of the body. I don't know to what level they'll be allowed to bring that vote. Does it is it is it out of order to bring it up? You know, at certain times or is it is it is is it never out of order? Um, like certain motions in procedure in the, in the Senate in Montgomery, it was, you know, always considered, uh, it was never out of order to bring a motion to adjourn. You could be in the middle of something else and move to adjourn. Um, it was never out of order to do a quorum call, meaning you didn't see enough people in the room. You could go up there to the microphone and issue a quorum call, and they would have to stop what they're doing and call the roll to see if they still had enough people to work. Um, so, all that to say, one man, one woman, make a motion to remove the speaker. So, these are all been working on, and, and you know, you got different comments. Some of them have said, Hey, we like this, but we want time to review the details because it's the way it's written up. We want to know for a fact that it will be implemented this way or implemented by this time or whatever. So, for instance, uh, Representative elect Ralph Norman of South Carolina said, This is round one. We have a ways to go. When he was asked if lawmakers would be working through the weekend, he said, Yeah, probably yes. Um, Scott Perry, the House Freedom Caucus chair, tweeted late last night. We are at a Reagan moment. We're going to trust but verify. He said, the devil's in the details. We'll take our time to ensure it's right. Not easy. One way or another, the status quo must go. Well, they've apparently gotten there with the majority of them. I just saw a moment ago, Chip Roy, who has been ardently in favor of holding out, holding out and holding out and made some of the best floor speeches that we could have asked for as conservatives. I saw him having a very cordial conversation with Kevin McCarthy. He's already switched his vote. He's one of the ones who believes that McCarthy has done what they've been asking for. Some of the ones who are still holding out, Lauren Biebert of Colorado, Matt Gates of Florida, um, Andy Biggs of uh, Arizona, uh, and a couple of others who I am uh, less familiar with. We'll see. Um, now, one critique of McCarthy that he's been facing in these deals is his supporters have been saying he's on the verge of giving away too much to the Freedom Caucus. that They believe that, that basically the Freedom Caucus is going to have too much power. And um, McCarthy rejected that idea. He rejected the idea when someone asked would he be what they call a weaker speaker. And he said, no. He said, I'll only be a weaker speaker if I'm afraid of them well, That's a good comment. That's a bold comment. What he's basically saying is, I know who I have to work for. They're my people. And he's not, by the way, the speaker of the 200. He's the speaker for the 222 and the Democrats. At some point, he's got to keep the trains running on time, and he knows it. And that's going to mean working with all factions. That's the way it works. This is not a military environment. This is a political environment. So anyway, good stuff there. Hey, uh, Boomer, I'll tell you what, take us to the break. We'll do that right now. I'll come back and fill you in a little bit more. Tony from Piedmont saying these deals need to be written down on paper. They are, man. It was issued in writing. So I think we're going to be getting there. The question is, can he get just the few more that he needs? And I still believe this has been good for the long haul. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back. We are back, Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. Solid, conservative, just plain right, saving the world one soundbite at a time. So CNN reporting right now uh, that uh, Kevin McCarthy uh, made the comment that he believes that he will have the votes to be elected tonight. Uh, so I assume that means then that they adjourned uh, to a time certain this evening. So that means they're going to to get a bite to eat, get in the, the meeting rooms and start hashing some things out i probably hashing some things out with the final five. Um, And I would bet that the first meeting that has to happen is Scott Perry, the chair of the Freedom Caucus, head of the Freedom Caucus, has to go and meet with those five members and say, what are you holding out for? What is it it you want now? And his comments earlier, by the way, indicated that he believes a few of them just have a flat-out personality conflict with Kevin McCarthy, and they just don't want him, period. That may be true. Um, At some point, though, you have to look at it. I mean, I go to court, and there are times when – There's another lawyer in the room that I don't like personally, but I know that I have to work with them. There were times in the military that there were people there that I could just soon not have to deal with, and if we were out of uniform, I wouldn't be grilling burgers with them on a Saturday night, but I'll work with them during the day. Professionalism says you may have to do what's necessary at some point. Now, if they have a principled reason, I get it. If they're just holding out because of a personal grudge, it may be time to set it aside. But uh, McCarthy makes the point that he believes he will be able to get the final votes in by tonight, if that's the case, we'll seat the Congress. They'll probably all be sworn in and back at work on Monday. Um, so uh, we'll see how it goes. Um, procedurally, it's kind of interesting. Uh, I, I I, just, you know, I had somebody that texted me earlier, you know, um, Richard from Madison, about whether or not people missing reduce the number of the required votes. And, and like I said, I think part of that depends upon whether or not they are procedurally still considered on the roll, which is just an unusual circumstance you have to deal with. Um, There's a difference between adjournment and recess. So are they truly adjourned? I don't know if the press is using their own word. The formal word might be a recess. If you're recessed, then the roll can still be considered active. If you're adjourned, you have to start a new roll, I believe, when you come back. I don't know for a fact uh, how that works. Uh, I'm talking about the quorum roll, not not the vote roll. Um, The other question, though, is what happens with present votes? I don't know the answer to this, so I'm not trying to get out there and tell you I know this answer. And if one of my very astute listeners out there knows the answer, you're welcome to text it in, 833-687-4448. But here's the deal. In the version of parliamentary procedure that I'm most familiar with, the kind that we use in the Alabama State Senate, uh, an abstention would go with the majority. So you could choose not to support a bill or a confirmation or whatever was on the floor at the time. You could choose not to support it by abstaining, which I rarely ever did because, in my opinion, you know, you, you typically need to just make your position known. But there are times when you're not sure what's going on or it's a non-substantive uh, vote and you look at it and go, yeah, I'm, I'm off the roll, man. I, I don't know. I'm going I'm I'm to have to wait for this one. And so you abstain. Abstentions then count with the majority. So we got to be careful here because abstentions, if, if, if Kevin McCarthy has more votes than Hakeem Jeffries, then he can prevail with the with the, with the present votes, I believe, because I think present may count the same as an abstention. Again, I, I am I am spitballing with you right now, but there's a procedural aspect of this that says, what happens? If those five decide, you know what, all right, listen, Scott, we said we're not voting for him, but we'll be glad to abstain, knowing full well that their abstention would then go with the majority and that McCarthy would have what he needs. Um, I don't know. Again, it depends on their version of procedure. Uh, And since I've not been a member of Congress, I can't tell you for a fact. The reason I brought that up, nationalreview.com, in a story that broke out uh, last night, uh, asked some of the same questions. Uh, that that basically with these concessions being made and a deal coming into view, that the the seats that are still filled, because we do have one seat unfilled, we had a, a Democrat from Virginia who passed away and they have not filled that seat yet, then that means there's 434 members active. 218 then required for the majority. But what happens when they vote present? Well, Present votes don't work for McCarthy unless he gets more votes than Jeffries. Otherwise, they work for Jeffries, says the article from National Review. So, yeah, I do believe that's correct. I think the present votes counts as an abstention, which would then go with the majority. Isn't that, isn't that weird? I mean, you look at this stuff. This is, boomer, I'm telling you, man, in Montgomery, if you knew the rules— you could get more done than anybody else. If somebody could know their bill, but they didn't know the rules, they weren't getting it passed. Well, that's something we were talking about during the break, you mentioned that to me, and you said something about, I mean, you said it really, really fast, and, <laughs> and, but it was like the motion, and then if people aren't paying attention... It could go quick, right? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. If, if you if you learn the rules in Montgomery and and you were trying to, to to reach an impasse that you weren't getting around people's votes, but you knew the right thing to say at the right time, you could you could you could jimmy up the works pretty good, man. You get up there and you recognize a uh, a procedural gap or people aren't paying attention. You're up there and just kind of talk, and this would happen. You'd be up there talking about your bill, presenting your bill, and then more than once, I walked up to a friend at the podium and I'd go just stop talking and make the motion. Mm-hmm. And he'd look at me and go, oh. Um, Madam President, I move third reading, third reading, be dispensed with, Use the previous roll without objection. Uh, clerk would call the roll, and and half the room would go, oh, crap, because they realize <laughs> that he just moved for final passage. And as soon wow. as the presiding chair uh, calls for the clerk to call the roll, debate is finished. And you just count the votes at that point. Wow. So, uh, yeah, there's <laughs> it's it can be fun. It can be a hoot. All right, listen, congressional chess. There's going to be plenty to talk about. Monday, I'm sure, we'll revisit it. If we see something else happen during today's show, we'll bring it up. Right now, they are adjourned. Uh, Kevin McCarthy is winning votes by making concessions. These are concessions that conservatives have been asking for for a long time. And I'm hopeful that we're about to see some uh, better work happening in the House. Um, That being said, we're going to switch gears. We're going to go to the break right now. We're going to come back in a minute. Uh, Annette Funderburk, who is the president of Ingram State Technical College, is here with us right now. They have an amazing mission. I mean, this is not your usual brick-and-mortar school where everybody drives to the community college and takes classes. Uh Uh-uh. This is the one that has the charter to make sure that there's an educational possibility in place for the prison population in the state of Alabama. And, folks, I'm going to tell you right now, there's been some good things happening there. Y'all stay tuned. We're going to talk about it live in studio with Annette Funderburk. We'll be right back.